Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 115th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have the sixth installment of Extinction Level Jurassic Park, which features a pretty big revelation and a big push in a new direction for the ongoing series. It's some really interesting stuff, so don't miss it. After episode six of Extinction Level, I'll give a quick after show segment about that, wrapping up some of the coolest moments and some of my own thoughts on the ongoing series. Following that, we hear from community member Nathy Vader with a quick review of the brand new Jurassic World VRSE game that is currently on the market. You've probably seen and heard us talk about that item's pre-release, but now this time he'll bring us his thoughts after testing out the VR headset and gun. To round out the episode, we have another installment of Chaos Theories from our deep cover agent, Travis Stevens. After recording that awesome song last week for Jen, he's back this week diving deep into major theories connecting Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom to none other than Jurassic Park 3. Stay tuned to hear what it is. All right, so why don't we get this episode started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. So you've probably already heard the uproar from both sides of the coin that Colin Trevorrow has exited or been booted from Star Wars Episode 9. He will no longer be directing the third installment of the current trilogy. Here's a press release from StarWars.com. Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode 9. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. So whether that is the whole truth or only partly, it's sad either way for those of us who were looking forward to seeing what he could pull off with his Star Wars franchise. There's currently a lot of rumors swirling about the departure, but I've been hearing that it may be bogus claims, so don't uh, judge too quickly on that just yet. Colin did great things resurrecting the Jurassic franchise for us fans, so honestly, I hope he comes back and continues to do great work. I've linked to the press release on StarWars.com in our show notes. A bit of Jurassic World merch has popped up over the past week via 10.4 Creative's Instagram and forwarded throughout the community via Jurassic Outpost, showcasing everything from chicken nuggets to toothbrushes with potentially new marketing for the upcoming film. 
The packaging featured several dinosaurs we've seen before and a few interactions we've yet to see. There's a familiar vehicle from the franchise and of course that volcano that we've been discussing here for a good while. I'm being coy with the designs and features because some may not want to hear what's exactly involved. The images are currently being removed from sites due to them not being final and were never actually supposed to be released in the first place. So be careful if you do find them and you're thinking about sharing them, just, uh, just a note there. Um, but also, uh, a few images of Pez containers showed up the other day uh, with different dinosaurs on the tops. Nothing major, but just another fun thing for us all to buy. Anyway, after everything is released, I'm sure we'll all be rinsing out our mouths with Jurassic World mouthwash after eating Jurassic World chicken nuggets and, of course, Pez. Head to our show notes to find a link to more information. <laughs> Head to our website to find a great article written by Tom Fishenden regarding some released concept art for the upcoming game Jurassic World Evolution. Now I won't cover the images too much here, but the three pictures released featured the final shot from the trailer of the Rex roaring, an overview of the park, and also a great detailed look at the Rex in the jungle. Like I said before, head to our show notes to find that link, read the article, see the pictures, and learn more about the upcoming project. Oh, there it is. There it is. And now let's dive into episode six of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Previously on Extinction Level Jurassic Park. It's the little girl. Minerals that bit her, I seem to be carriers of a disease. People might overreact. I fear for my animals. Henry! In the next five years, they'll all have gone the way of the dodo again. Mr. Hammond. Oh. John, welcome back. I'd like to continue my own research on this, but I'd need my data from outside B facility. Go to sauna. Save my animals, Henry. John Hammond died today. Ms. Ronnie Global is now the owner of International Genetic. Goldie. Guessing a key with them, Ceros. Ah! Jeez, Tim. Sorry. How the hell do you figure they'll let you join the Navy with nightmares like that? Episode 6. The Proposition. A little embarrassed after waking up to a nightmare in front of his roommates, Tim decided to leave for class early and left his room to walk around a bit. Rain softly ticking against the large windows on the left side of the college hallway. Moving through the crowd of students, bumping into them every once in a while, then bumping into a man that was looking for him. Tim, Tim didn't pick up on this over the noise of all the students and walked on. Murphy! Now that caught Tim's attention. Yes? Thinking a teacher was being harsh on him, he turned around, looking for whoever called him. Then he sees the man coming towards him and recognizes him instantly. Hey, I know you. You're Mr. Masrani, right? Yes. Call me Simon. Mr. Masrani was my father. Pleased to meet you. What are you doing here? Well, I came here for you, of course. Why? I want to make you a proposition. Can we go somewhere quiet to talk? Simon Masrani and Tim Murphy walk through the crowd and leave the college building to find a bench outside. Where did it stop raining? Away from most of the students and the noise. I don't have too much time, but go on. I hear you aspire to join the Navy, but have some issue with anxiety from previous experiences. Who told you? Uh, never mind that. Nothing to be ashamed of. I could use your help on Isla Sorna. Oh no, no way. I'm all too happy that part of my grandfather's legacy was not part of his inheritance. Please, hear me out. We have secured a part of the island, a former on-site worker village. They have put a wall around it to keep the animals out so that they can do their research there. Dr. Wu has been in charge there for past few years. Your grandfather knew about this, and I'm sure he had wanted his family to be part of it. But why me? I'm no scientist. I need someone I can trust on the team that's overseeing the island security. You being Hammond's grandson, I know they would respect my wish in this. 
call it investor security having Hammond's family involved you can handle a gun right yes I practice with my father at the gun range sometimes I thought so I want to know if I can trust my team no hidden agendas plus it would be a good experience for you to put on your application for the Navy lastly I think it is the only way to overcome your fear seeing the creature for the animals they are not the monster you remember you know I barely got away with my life over the time we all make things bigger in our mind Tim gets up to get his class <laughs> you don't know I'm sorry but I've got to go please Tim let us help each other out here's my card call me if you change your mind it will be for the weekend only you won't miss a class think about it he takes the card looks at it looks at Simon okay I'll think about it but I can't promise anything I understand but remember if you want to conquer fear don't sit home and think about it go out and get busy with one last look at Masrani Tim turns and walks away a few days later Simon Masrani sits in a comfortable lounge chair waiting in a first class waiting room of a New York airport through the window airplanes can be seen taking off into an orange evening sky a few other rich businessmen are sitting spread out in the room some in silent conversation Masrani Drinking a glass of Prosecco and reading a newspaper, now looks at his watch, checking time. He folds his newspaper to one side, ready to put it away, when he spots an uneasy-looking Tim at the entrance of the room, a small suitcase at his side. Signaling Tim, lifting the folded newspaper high in the air, Masrani gets up. Tim spots him and comes his way. Leaving the remaining Prosecco in his glass without a second thought, Masrani walks over to Tim and shakes his hand firmly, engulfing it in both his hands. Timothy, I'm so glad you decided to join us. Trust me, this experience will help you conquer your fears. Tim nods, uncertain. Come on, follow me. My jet will take us to Costa Rica. From there, a helicopter will take us to Isla Sorna. Together they leave the waiting room to get their flight. In a dark office in Costa Rica, Marty Gutierrez walks up to a man in his late 50s, Jorge Mendez, working for the Costa Rican police force. Hey, I just received this. Jorge looks up from behind his desk as Marty puts down a letter from a fax machine. What is this? Apparently people living on Isla Madanceras are having troubles with small dinosaurs. I'm losing chickens to them. People living on Las Cinco Muertes? Yeah, as I understand it, they were formerly engine workers who stayed in the village it was created for them to have time off. The electricity provided by some local thermal power sources so that they practically live there for free. And our government allowed this. You want to hear their story? I only just found out too. Nervously, Marty moves his hands through his hair. Jorge, I need to go there. I need to go there as soon as possible. If these really are engine dinosaurs, we're going to have a big problem on our hands. And your research here? Well, I've finalized my most important research. Well, we should have months before we expect the apparent forms to start their cycle again. I have time. Okay, I will arrange flight to Isla Matanceros for early morning. Thanks, Jorge. Thank you for listening to episode 6 with Hemant Mishra as Simon Masrani, James Hawkins as Marty Gutierrez and Hector Salazar Valle as Jorge. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and until the next episode of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Alright, so that was another amazing episode of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Great job, Arjun, on uh, producing that one. We learned a lot in this one about uh, the fates of, I guess, Tim and and uh, the, the mystery guy that we almost uh, heard about last episode. But we find out that Tim meets Mizrani, Simon and Mizrani, at Tim's college. And Tim seems to know who he is already. Um, I guess we learned that um, Tim did want to join the Navy 
that's an interesting revelation because um uh, yeah i mean tim was a kid right in jurassic park and uh shortly in dress uh the lost world um so we don't really picture him as a, a tough guy or, or a man of any sort because he was a kid so finding out that he wanted to join the navy is a big revelation and he was denied um i guess he has ptsd uh, causing issues with anxiety because of those bad dreams that we, we heard about um, before. Um, he's having these dreams about the experiences he had and you know from the first movie with the dinosaurs, with the T-Rex, with the raptors, all that stuff. So I guess he's having these this traumatic syndrome here from all these experiences, which is causing him to be denied from the Navy. Um, but we also learn uh, after they encounter Miss Ronnie and Tim together, um, we learned that Dr. Wu has been uh, at a worker village on Sorna with these walls to keep the dinosaurs out. I guess they, they secured a site on Sorna, which is cool. A worker village. Uh, so I wonder, uh, this is after the Lost World. So is it the worker village that we saw from the movie? That's an interesting point. Maybe it is. Maybe not. It might not be at all. But I'm sure there was a few facilities on Sorna that we didn't actually see. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've seen two so far, I believe, right? So we saw the one in the Lost World and we saw the one in Jurassic Park 3. Maybe there's more or maybe it's one of those two. Um, well, I guess it wouldn't be the one from Jurassic Park 3. I'm, I'm kind of working through this in my head right now. It would either, I guess it would have to be the one uh, from from the Lost World or just a, a different random one. Either way, that's besides the point. Um, so Simon Mizrani's real point here is he wants Tim to join, uh, I guess, a security team on Sorna. Um, and he wants him to use that experience. I guess it's kind of his way to, to um, you know, get him to do it. He says, use this experience as a stepping stone for the Navy. Maybe if you do this, you'll actually have some experience and the Navy will be like, oh, that's a good point on your resume here. Let me uh, let me maybe accept you and bring you on board. Um, we do find out that Tim has been practicing his gun skills. I guess he's uh, you know, he's got to be prepared just in case he comes across any dinosaurs after any of these experiences uh, that he's had. Um, but uh, the Mizrani that we see here seems to be the same heartfelt, compassionate guy um, as he seemed in Jurassic World. We learned... Uh, not a ton from him in Jurassic World, but we do feel like he he's a very nice guy. He wants to know about the dinosaurs and, and how, how everything's doing. He doesn't seem too much about the business um, at times. Other times he definitely does, but um, he seems like a very heartfelt kind of guy. And I get that, that here in this story. Um, but it does seem like Tim doesn't really want to join the mission, so, we see, so it seems at first. Um, but later on, um, as Ronnie is at the airport and Tim shows up um, and I guess they're going to travel to Isla Sorna via Costa Rica at some point. Um, but then uh, to wrap up that uh, episode, episode six there, Gutierrez, uh, one of the characters we've heard many times before. I guess he's on Costa Rica, I believe. Um, he mentions, I forget who he was talking to, but he was talking to somebody about um, workers in that village losing chickens. Uh, I guess to dinosaurs on one of those islands on the five deaths and we kind of got a glimpse of that before um, so what does that mean I guess it means dinosaurs are escaping somehow the two islands that we know that they've been on and they're going on to other islands from the five deaths which is uh, a very curious thing and and uh, who knows what's happening there but um, I'm, I'm very interested to find out and it's it, you know Gutierrez mentions it's gonna be a big problem if these dinosaurs are making their way to other islands
So yeah, I think that was a, a pretty interesting episode there. Um, we learned a lot, and uh, we got an introduction of Ms. Ronnie, which was really cool. And just to find out that these two characters have interacted now, um, obviously, like we keep talking about, this is not canon, but it's a fun story to to contemplate and think about. What if this happened? You know, what if Tim actually knew Ms. Ronnie? Maybe when you watch Jurassic World, you think about this story and you're like, wow, that's a that's an interesting point. Maybe they did know each other, or you just have this little bit of backstory that you could use as canon if you wanted to. All right, so that about wraps it up, and uh, stay tuned. In a few weeks, we'll have episode seven of Extinction Level Jurassic Park. All right, I'm sure you're all really interested to hear how that Jurassic World VR headset turned out. So let's take a listen to Nathy Vader's review. Hey, Jurassic Park podcast, it's me, Nathy Vader. I have purchased a Jurassic World VRSE headset, and also I have downloaded the game to go with it. And I have just played the game. Ah, so starting with the headset, the packaging is lovely. Uh, the headset itself with the molding on the front with the Jurassic World logo is a very nice touch. The wand, uh, also known in the game as the stun gun that's the provided, is uh, very good in the hand. Almost like a Wii remote that's then built into this stun gun thing. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, syncing that to the phone once you downloaded the game, which took probably five minutes to download because it's quite a large file was uh, relatively easy uh, as long as you had your Bluetooth turned on straight onto the game piece of cake um, the game itself well um, uh, I hate putting anything down you know I, I hate giving anything a bad bad review but um, especially when I paid money for it uh, yeah it, it kind of feels like the game isn't finished um, when I say finished is in is it polishing is the word or rendering so the game is there I mean it, it kind of looks like something from a PlayStation game first generation from like the 1990s it's um, yeah it's it's very pixelated it's not very detailed um, the only thing so far that I've seen that is Jurassic World um, in terms of landmarks or logos is the actual gates that you see uh, in the home screen but there's no there's no cinematic or, or uh, some kind of um, intro video that sort of pulls you into this world it sort of just drops you straight into the menu screen and then you get started um, when you get started it's uh, a, a brief tutorial inside a lab which looks kind of familiar to maybe Jurassic World but not really um, which you get introduced to some uh, compies the compies uh, looked quite big um, compared to how they did in the film so that was kind of weird um, the noises as well it's uh, strange but they don't seem to have the noises uh, for the dinosaurs you want that sort of familiarity uh, to sort of keep you interested and I was let down by the fact that I didn't hear anything from those and the uh, velociraptors as well there was none of the typical screeching or anything um, also there was a survival mode uh, in the survival mode you basically take on waves of dinosaurs starting with compies then raptors and compies and then it's pteranodons compies and raptors all at the same time 
Um, the only problem with that is the directional um, uh, throw from the stun gun is sometimes hit and miss. Uh, it doesn't seem to always keep calibrated with the headset. So you might be pointing straight ahead, but it actually turns out it's going far left and you end up having to turn your arm quite far over to the other side of your body to even get it straight so you can see the wand. The wand itself is quite cool. It does appear on the screen, so it looks like you're holding it and it gives you a little readout on the screen showing you uh, your health bar and the amount of ammo you've got left and how you need to when you need to reload. Um, but other than that, it, I think uh, unless it has an update, if it has an update, that'd be great. Maybe then they could do an updated version of the game and they'll have better, just like a better look to it, perhaps. But um, first impressions, um, not not impressed I've got to say and I hate saying that about anything I buy especially when it's a lot of money um, but if it doesn't um, show any signs of getting any better I'm probably going to have to just take this thing back um, so yeah that was a brief summary um, I hope that wasn't too long I mean it's probably what four minutes something uh, sorry <laughs> anyway I hope you're all good uh and I'll catch you later. Peace! Chaos, chaos theories, chaos, oh chaos theories, what has outlined and theories, chaos, oh chaos theories, Ninjan will do anything to get their hands on my information. My chaos theories. Welcome back to the bunker. This is Travis Stevens with another thoroughly researched, 100% unquestionable installment of Chaos Theories. The theories that they don't want you to know about. And when I say they, I mean them. And I think we all know who that is. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you don't want the entire plot of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom completely spoiled, turn back now. Still with me? On March 8, 2017, J.A. Bayona dropped a visual bomb online, a photo of a wood-paneled museum-like room with a long-haired child staring down the beak of a dino skull. We assume this individual identifies as a girl. Bayona accompanies this image with this caption. So excited to show you this. A first look of the new Jurassic Adventure. Hashtag JW2. <laughs> oh, that's not suspicious. And JW2? Too afraid to call it Fallen Kingdom Bayona? Moving on. The picture clearly shows at least seven articulated fossilized dinosaur skeletons and or skulls, centering on a massive ceratopsian skull with an impressive horn structure. One might even think it was more exaggerated in its features, capable of greater violence and destruction, something different than your standard triceratops. Hold on to your butts. I think we've just seen the Tricyclopods. 
Every Jurassic movie so far tends to revolve around aggressive meat-eaters that put the protagonists in peril. You see herbivores, but they get minimal play in the realm of danger. Well, okay, there's the Stegosaurus protecting their baby in the Lost World, and yeah, there's the Triceratops that plows through Ludlow's investors meeting on Isla Sorna, and the Packy that rams that guy through the vehicle, but still, what do you do? to amaze your audience after four films. You've got to do something different. You've got to bring your A-game. You've got to be on point. You bring the tricycloplots. You'll certainly remember Paul Kirby mentioning this legendary member of the Ceratops family, the tricycloplots. This was basically the bad boy of the species. Paleontologists have uh, speculated from rocks that it had a really bad attitude. Big horns and a beak that it wasn't afraid to use. It was the kind of dinosaur that would walk into a room where humans were facing off against velociraptors, see humans, and instead of fighting off the raptors, it would gladly spear the humans like kebabs for the raptors and any additional T-Rex that might suddenly appear within the building. Again, this was learned mostly from studying rocks, which are surprisingly revealing about these kinds of things. It's called science. Perennial fan favorite Paul Kirby foreshadowed the coming of tricycloplots. But is anyone ready for it? Can Claire or Owen handle such a surly, needlessly violent, sociopathic beast? I think we can safely assume that we're going to find out in 2018. This has been Travis Stevens once again, reporting for Chaos Theories, keeping you up to date and informed on your Jurassic journey so the chaos doesn't spoil our world. Are you hearing this? Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 115th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Arjun for the audio this week. And uh, like I said before, there's been some interesting developments this week, connecting even more dots between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. It's great to have Mizrani part of this world and see him interact with characters of the past. Let's also thank our friend Nathy Vader for sending in that Jurassic World VRSE review. Unfortunately, it didn't seem like a good investment. Sorry, dude. Uh, but hopefully we can get an update for that game in the future. Go follow him at NathyVader29 on Twitter and NathyVader1985 on Instagram. And lastly today, thank you to Travis for tracking down one seriously interesting lead. As Arjun has been connecting the dots between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, Travis has revealed the biggest secret connecting Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Now we know the truth. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, 
YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it so much easier for fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you could submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. You can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.